Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood here with my co-host Jake Thomas. Uh, Jake, how you doing tonight? Doing good, buddy. And uh, man, I'm ready for some football this uh, this weekend. But um, before we get uh, too deep into it, I want to uh, give a couple of shout outs. Uh, my first shout out is to UAB. Man, what a season they had! Uh, they finished eleven and three, and, and absolutely destroyed Northern Illinois, or Northern Illinois uh, in the bowl game. Uh, that's great to see out of that program. And the other one is to the basketball team in Alabama, riding a three-game winning streak. Uh, and uh, they've beaten, um, of course, Arizona. Uh, and uh, they just beat Penn State the other night, who has actually beat a top-ten team this year in Virginia Tech. So uh, maybe this can get roll, you know, get them started. And uh, we got a big one coming up in a few, you know, in a couple weeks with uh, – that's not too long now, Kentucky. So uh, maybe this will give them some, uh, you know, some life. Well, they need to finish the non-conference season strong. They play at Stephen F. Austin on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it'd be good to get a win on the road before entering conference play against Kentucky. But it, it is good to have the three-game winning streak. Uh, but you know what they say about Alabama basketball: when something good happens, it's going to be followed by something bad. So. It's kind of hold your breath when it comes to, to Alabama basketball program. That's right. Yeah. And now you ready to get into some recruiting talk, man? Yeah. Uh, you know, I hate that we're kind of a couple weeks after the early signing period uh, for college football. But, you know, with the holidays and everything going on, it's kind of hard to to get a time to sit down and record a podcast. So, But we do want to recap a little bit of what, what happened on the early signing day. Uh of course, the the big it was three big uh, guys announcing that day that that everybody was kind of watching when it comes to Alabama, and that was and Alabama got two out of three. They landed Trey Sanders, the running back from IMG, and then uh, Evan Neal, the the offensive tackle from IMG. And and to me, I uh, you know they missed out on the Kobe Dean. He he went to Georgia or signed with Georgia, but but you know two out of three is not bad, especially when you're talking five star recruits. So you know it, it was really a good day for Alabama. I think leading up to the day, uh, most Alabama fans were worried about Trey Sanders uh, and, and possibly him going to Georgia. But, uh, you know, he, he he stuck it out with Alabama. You know, he committed to Alabama when he, I think he was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of decommitted and opened it back up. And, and Georgia made a late push. But uh, it seems like he was kind of all Alabama and he was just kind of playing the recruiting game. Uh, with the fan bases. But it was good to get those two guys. Uh, you know, they, they lost uh, uh, Hill. He, he flipped back to Michigan yeah. after flipping to Alabama a couple weeks ago. Uh, but Alabama did get uh, Jordan Battle uh, to flip from Ohio State. And, uh, you know, that was kind of expected. There was a lot of talk about that the last couple of weeks leading into the early signing period. Uh, so you kind of got somebody in Hill's place. Uh, and I, I think the coaching staff really likes Jordan Battle. Uh, they would probably like to catch Hill too, but you know they'll take battle. But uh, it was a yeah. really good day on the early signing for the early signing day in the early signing period for Alabama. They still got a couple guys that you could say are kind of soft commits uh, that did not sign. That was Byron Young, you know, a defensive end from Mississippi, Christian Williams, the corner from Daphne, and then uh, Keelan Robinson, a running back from Washington D.C. I don't know how many of those guys wind up signing uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but uh, 
those three guys are good players, but Alba was also targeting, you know, Ishmael Saucer, the defensive tackle from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry, I guess it's Tooto, the another inside linebacker. Uh, you know, they they got a couple inside linebacker commits, but they really need one more commit uh, to you know to add depth to that rotation because uh, Wilson's a, a junior and uh, Moses is a sophomore, but he'll probably be gone after next year, so. They'll be looking to, to to increase depth along the inside linebacker position, and they're still going after an edge rusher in Chris Bogle. Uh, I expect them to make a hard push for him this last couple of weeks before uh, National Signing Day in, in early February. Uh, but uh, all in all, it's obviously a great cat class. They're they're number one in the country right now. I don't expect them to lose that spot. I think they got a firm grip on that. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a great class. And uh, I look forward to the uh, to the national signing day in early February to see kind of who ends up where and how Alabama finishes and uh, the kind of the numbers game because it's right now it's a numbers game for Alabama. They got they're going to see how many spots they got open after you know guys probably declare for the draft and just kind of maybe a couple transfers happen. Just kind of have to wait and see on that. But that that's it on the the recruiting front. Uh, we're going to kind of move into the. Uh, uh, the, the college football playoff that's happening Saturday. Uh, the the Goodyear Cotton Bowl was, I believe, at three uh, Central Time, and then the uh, Orange Bowl will be at seven Central, uh, both on uh, ESPN. But uh, before we get into those games, uh, we did have a question on Twitter. It was from uh, Jamie Barnes, who's uh, uh, on the Talk of Champions podcast, and he asked me what my favorite podcast to listen to and it could be any genre uh i you know that's really a tough question because i mostly just listen to sports, <laughs> sports yeah. i really enjoy clay travis's out kick the coverage podcast clay travis is so funny to me and uh the talk of champions podcast is really good too yes um there's a lot of good podcasts out there i don't really have a favorite i don't guess i just kind of just listen to, to different sports things. I don't really have a – outside of sports, I don't really have a favorite uh, podcast that I listen to, to be honest. Do you have anything you listen to, maybe outside of sports? Uh, I, I'm a big uh, Rick and Bubba fan, uh, so I listen to their replay shows. They have their own podcast now. and uh, So that's pretty much – if I'm listening to podcasts, if it's not ours or Talk of Champions, that's what I'm listening to. Okay. Sorry, that's not really a, a good flashy answer, Jamie, but we do appreciate the question and we wanted to give you guys at the Talk of Champions uh, a shout out. And also, I want to shout out uh, College Football Talk Daily. Uh, they've started the podcast as well, so give them a listen. Uh, he's very insightful. He does a good job on his Twitter, keeping up with, with all the breaking news and whether it's recruiting, whether it's transfers, whether it's any kind of coaching news or, or, or player news he does a really good job of tweeting all that stuff out so y'all give him a follow yes uh, but with that let's uh get into the uh to the college football playoff that's what everybody's looking forward to on saturday and uh, we're going to start with the uh, clemson and notre dame matchup uh jake won't you take us off bud yeah man uh that's uh you know when when this the uh, the the playoff come out you know everybody was talking well this is pretty much a cakewalk for for Clemson, and I kind of felt like that, but for some reason, I don't know. I, to me personally, as an Alabama fan, 
Clemson scares the heck out of me. And I wish there was some way that Notre Dame could uh, could win this game. Uh, right now, the the line, uh, the favorite is 12 and a half. Um, Clemson. So, so I, I don't uh, – I mean, they you know, they had a couple uh, – oh, what's the – Lawrence, the defense tackle, just uh, got suspended for this game and a couple others. Um, that's a, probably going to be a big hit for them. They still got an awesome defensive front. Um, but, you know, I, at first I would have said, yeah, it's going to be a blowout. But for some reason, I'm starting to not lean towards, you know, Notre Dame. But, you know, I can see them keeping it close all through four quarters. So, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really interested in it. Uh, like we said time and time again, uh, that, that offense for Notre Dame has changed with, um, you know, Ian Book. So I think he can, uh, he can keep it close for him. So uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much my take on it. Yeah, you know, uh, when the playoff uh, uh, selections were made, at first I just kind of thought to myself, you know, this is going to be a blowout. Clemson's going to destroy Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame don't have the athletes to keep up with. And that still may be the case. But as the game's gotten closer, I'm getting a better feeling about Notre Dame. And then the Dexter Lawrence thing happened, and I get an even better feeling about Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And And it just feels like, this could be a game that that Notre Dame could pull the upset in. I'm not I'm not going to call for an upset, but I do feel like in book and his ability to move around the pocket, uh, Clemson will miss Dexter Lawrence, and I think in book can make some plays against the secondary of Clemson and against that. And I think that that uh, the, their running game can get going too. Uh, their running back's name is slipping me for some. I know his last name's Williams, but I'm. I'm slipping on his first name, but I do feel like they will have some success uh, moving the ball against uh, Clemson and that defense, especially without Dexter Lawrence now. Yeah. And uh, obviously Trevor Lawrence is having a, a great season, a great freshman season for, uh, for Clemson. Uh, they got a lot of good receivers, a lot of weapons to throw to Travis Etienne is one of the better, better backs in the country. Uh, I do think that the athletes on Clemson are, are, you know, a little better and that that they can probably make more plays than what Clemson can make on the perimeter. And that might be the difference in the game. But what, you know, to me, what felt like maybe a 14 or 17-point win for Clemson might be a last-second couple-point victory for Clemson. Uh, It it just seems like as the game gets closer that – that Notre Dame can can make this thing close and maybe even pull the upset. And I want to point out that, um, you know, we both um, – we haven't talked about the games at all. We, we've seen each other uh, Christmas. We didn't really talk about them. And now we both kind of change our mindset. So I just want to let everybody know, no, we haven't, you know, discussed beforehand and say, oh, we're going to change change our prediction of the game. No, that's not true. We just now just told, told you all that we're both on the same mindset of this game, how it's changed in our minds. Yeah. I, I mean, in, you know, a lot of people hadn't really talked about him book this year, but he has had a really good season since stepping in for, for Brandon Wimbush. He's cl- completing 70% of his passes, mm-hmm. thrown for almost 2,500 yards, and I, I don't think he took over to about the third or fourth game of the year. So, yeah. you know, he's done that in about, uh, you know, only three-quarters of the season. So, he has had a really good – season uh dexter williams that's the running back that i, that I couldn't think of his name yeah he had a really good year uh in the backfield for for notre dame so i think notre dame has 
those two guys that can that can make some plays for their offense. Uh, it's just I'm going to be anxious to see how how Notre Dame's defense matches up with the the offensive weapons of Clemson. Because Travis Etienne, like like I just said a few minutes ago, is a great running back. Clemson's got a lot of good receivers. You know, Hunter Renfro's in his uh, 15th year of eligibility down there at Clemson. So, uh, it should be a – I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, and I, I'm just going to go with Clemson because I do think they're the better team. But it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame did pull the upset. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But uh, let's move on to the uh, to the one that really matters, and that's the uh, Orange Bowl between Oklahoma and Alabama. Uh, of course, everybody's been talking about how healthy two is going to be, and he, he said yesterday in the media viewing period that uh, as of yesterday he was about eighty or eighty five percent. So, and I've seen a lot of Alabama fans freaking out about him only being eighty to eighty five percent. I mean, I don't think that's bad. I mean. 80 to 85% Tua is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 50% Tua against that Oklahoma defense is, would be all right. So, I, I mean, obviously everybody wants Tua to be 100%, and that would be the the best thing for Alabama was for him to be 100%. But, you know, by the time the game rolls around, he may be 90 or 95%, and, you know, that's that would be plenty good enough to, to put some points up against this Oklahoma defense that's really not – existent whatsoever <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know um uh, oklahoma has given up over 30 or 32 points per game and um i mean the b12 does not play um any uh defense whatsoever uh but but on the offensive side they have averaged 8.6 yards per play uh this year so i mean that that offense is is scary um but um, I believe um, I believe it's all going to come down uh, to me. Alabama needs to establish the run early, and um, we need to uh, set the tone and uh, get you know put pressure or, and um, you know just just control the clock. And um, you know we've got Najee, we've got uh, Damian, we've got um, Robinson coming in play. We got. Um, Jacobs, who I think is probably the best back of ours, and he don't get to play as much. But um, but that defense, you know, I've been uh, seeing tweets after the Heisman presentation, and they've all been tweeting out December 29th. So uh, I think the defense going to be ready. And um, and today, uh, me the little media day thing uh, they had. Uh, did you see uh, Quinn Williams when they was asking about yeah. Kyler? <laughs> and, uh, that was hilarious. He was go. He was about to throw some serious shade at Kyler Murray, and he's like, uh, "Oh, Papa Saban may not like that, so I'm not, I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna leave it alone." <laughs> yeah, it's like Saban was behind the <laughs> right. The, yeah, and was just staring at her. He's like, uh, "I'm not answering that." I mean, it was. He, so said, he said, "I'm good." <laughs> yeah, it was great. That was hilarious. That was. But yeah, I you know I I can see Alabama getting sixty and um, uh, over Christmas uh, my my brother-in-law me and him was talking about it and um, and he asked me he said how confident do you feel about this game and uh, I thought about it for a minute and I said I tell you how confident I am about it I said I believe Mac Jones will be starting the fourth quarter that's how confident I'm about it because 
you know, going – I mean, nobody's really stopped Alabama's offense this year. Of course, nobody's really stopped Oklahoma's. Uh, Texas did that first first game, but, uh, they, I mean, they really didn't. They just put up more points than, than Oklahoma. But, you know, I, I, I don't see how unless, you know, Tua goes down with an injury and, and three and two of the three running backs go down and we just have some serious screw-ups on the defensive end, I don't see a way that Oklahoma can beat us the way Alabama's playing football right now. Well, you know what's interesting to me, and you kind of you kind of hinted toward it was uh, was will Alabama, you know, kind of go with you know ball control? Will they will they run a ball control offense and try to limit the number of possessions that Oklahoma and, and Kyler Murray get? Mm-hmm. Because this season is not like normal seasons for Alabama. Right. You know, most of the time Alabama is a a, a ball control. Uh, offense, but but this year with two at quarterback and with all the weapons out wide, they've been a high powered offense and they've scored really fast. You know, second or play, second or third play from scrimmage in the yeah. game. Yeah, you know, scoring in a couple minutes, but but they've also shown sometimes where they've been able to you know put up you know nine or eight minute drives. So you yeah. know, I'm anxious to see what what Saban's game plan is as far as that goes and. Is he going to let two a sling it around the yard, or is he or is he going to try to run a ball control offense? And and to me, that's going to be the key of the game is is can we limit the number of possessions that Kyler Murray has? Because I mean, let's just face it, he is a he has played fantastic this season. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really been able to slow him down. I think if you can keep him under two seventy five passing and and kind of control their run game because they have a good physical offensive line and control that run game keep him under, let's just even say 300 yards passing and keep the running game under 100 yards, I, I think that's a recipe for Alabama to get a 14-point victory. But it, it's all about limiting to the possessions of Kyler Murray and and not turning the football over to Alabama. you got to protect the football, and uh, you have to play keep away from from Kyler Murray and that Oklahoma offense. Yeah, and um... – I was reading some tweets earlier, and, of course, you know, Oklahoma fans have come out in groves here lately on Twitter. And uh, one of them was um, was commenting off of of, uh, Quentin Williams' uh, video. And the guy's guy's an Oklahoma fan. He said, you know, uh, Alabama's facing to see an offensive line they haven't seen this year. And I got thinking, well, Oklahoma's facing to see a defensive line that they haven't seen this year. And, and our boys eat. And I don't mean, you know, taters and states. I'm talking about offensive linemen and quarterbacks. So, you know, I just – I you know, I'm going to let them trash talk all they want because uh, I used well, to – Well, like, it's like any other game. It's yeah. all going to come come down between uh, which line is more dominant than the other line. Is Alabama's defensive line going to come out and dominate Oklahoma's offensive line? Yep. Uh, or, or vice versa. But uh, – that's really the matchup to watch. And, uh, you know, Quentin Williams has dominated every offensive line he's played against. Yeah. Uh, Raquan Davis has double teamed a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, especially early on in the season he was. And now they've started doubling Quentin, but that hadn't made a difference. Uh, Isaiah Bugs is, is a heck of a player. So it's that's the matchup. Oklahoma's really good offensive line against Alabama's really good defensive line. So. Obviously, that's that's what a key is. Another key is, you know, is Alabama going to use a spy on Kyler Murray because yeah. he's so athletic. Uh, he's so gifted running the football because he, he, his quickness is just unbelievable, and he's 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 running full speed in his first step, and it's it's really hard to contain a guy like that. So, 
obviously pressure on the quarterback is key, but it's also you know when you get when you get a hand on him, you got to get him down. Don't let him get to the open field because that's where he's going to hurt you. At. Oh yeah, and you know he's he's the uh, the glue to the Oklahoma offense. If if they're going to you know get something going, he's going to be be the one to do it. So we got to keep him in check. Uh, you know he's he's been ill a little bit this year or this uh, this week. They said uh, undisclosed illness. So. We'll see if that has anything to do with uh, his play Saturday night as well. Oh, uh, they tried. They tried that crap last year with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And to me, if he if he's too sick to go to the media viewing period, then he's too sick to practice. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's just it's just some gamesmanship from Oklahoma, I believe. And I, I've heard that a lot of the, the Alabama staff and, and the team is kind of you know pissed off, so to speak, about that whole shenanigan that Oklahoma's trying to pull. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll let that play itself out on the field. Yep. I, I obviously I feel like Alabama's the much better team. Oklahoma's got a great offense, and that's it. Yeah. Our defense is pathetic. There's no way around it. There's no well, but they do that. No, they don't do anything well on defense. They're pathetic. Yeah. So Alabama should be able to name their score in this game, and Oklahoma will score some, obviously, because they're a great offense. But they're not going to be able to score enough to keep up with Alabama, unless Alabama, you know, plays terrible they have five or six turnovers and you know they just they just don't play well you know offensively or defensively and even in the special teams game uh i feel like alabama uh like i said it's just a much better team overall yeah, yeah I, I agree with you i mean you know there's no there's no uh in the ends or buzz about it i mean alabama uh clicking is is by far best team in the nation right now right and uh, also, we need to point out that uh, Deontay Brown, uh, starting left guard, he's suspended for the entire college football playoff. Yeah. Uh, he, he, him and uh, Elliot Baker and, and Kendrick James uh, had an NCAA violation and maybe like a broke a team rule or, or something along those lines. We don't know for sure what it is yet. But uh, Saban did confirm today that they are out for the entirety of the college football playoff. Uh, that, that's a big hit. Uh, to the offensive line, obviously Lester Cotton's a really good player who's played a lot of football, but but Deontay Brown is a rogue grader. Yeah, it's in the run game, and he's it, it's obvious to see that our run game is better when he's in the game at left guard. But uh, you know, I, I think I think Lester Cotton will do a good job, and uh, we'll just see what. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He's he's had problems throughout his career staying healthy, and uh, if he stays healthy, I think the the line will be okay. But uh. That's all we have for today. I think we're both picking Clemson still in a close one. Yeah. Now uh, in the in the Cotton Bowl, and I think we're both picking Alabama. You know, I don't want to say easy, but relatively easy, so to speak. I think I do think they'll cover the spread, and uh, they'll walk away with a victory, and then uh, maybe go for their uh, championship again this season. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to it. Saturday can't get here soon enough. No, it can't. <laughs> I'm ready for That's it. That's all we got for this episode of the, the Double Coverage Podcast. We appreciate everybody listening. Give us a follow on Twitter at DoubleCub underscore pod. Uh, tweet us any questions, any top, topics, any thoughts, any concerns, whatever. Just let us know what you think. Uh, so, y'all enjoy the bowl season. Uh, y'all can remember to watch Auburn get beat tomorrow by Purdue. <laughs> In the, in the Music City Bowl. That's at 1230. Uh, and then Saturday, you can watch real football at 7 o'clock on ESPN when Alabama takes on Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, guys. Y'all have a good evening. We'll see y'all. See y'all.